Well, good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. We welcome you to the show tonight. I don't want you to touch that dial. God has a supernatural plan for you. He's going to touch your life. I believe that tonight is going to be the night where you receive whatever you are looking for from the Lord. You could be doing anything tonight. You could be at your house. You could be with your friends. You could be in your car. You could be doing anything. You could be on your way to party somewhere. But God has interrupted your night so that you could hear the Word of God. And I believe that you are going to be transformed with the power of God. If you're looking for healing tonight, there is healing. I speak healing over you. If you're looking for deliverance tonight, if you're looking for a touch from God, if you're looking to be set free from something, if you want to be released from an addiction tonight, there is provision for you. And so I want you to stay with us. I want to pray over you and speak over you and believe that God is going to get in to your situation right where you are now and minister and touch you. Let me pray for you before we start our show. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every listener tonight. I speak the power of God over their life. Lord, whatever it is that they need, I pray that you would touch them supernaturally with the power of God. I speak to every spirit in their life that is hindering them, every spirit that's harassing them. Father, I break their power now in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray tonight that you would open up the heart of every listener, that you would give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, God. I pray that you would open up their heart to receive the word of God. May there be an anointing on your word tonight to set your people free. Pray, Father, that people that are listening tonight that are depressed, we break the power of depression. People that are listening, Father, that they're upset and angry, we command them to be delivered from anger tonight in the name of Jesus. People that are sick, we command sickness to go in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise for it. For it's your name we pray, Father. Amen. We welcome you to our show tonight. We have started on the Transforming Truth broadcast a series on the Holy Spirit. We were talking just a few weeks ago about the supernatural. And so what I want to do is begin to talk about the administrator of the supernatural. I want to talk about the person of the Godhead that is now here on this earth ministering and administering the affairs of the kingdom of God, and that is the Holy Spirit. I was sharing uh, last week that there are so many people, they don't understand the function of the Holy Ghost. They know about Jesus, they know about God the Father, but they don't know about the Holy Ghost. And so last week I was telling you that the Spirit of God, what He is, and I was talking to you about what He isn't. And so your growth as a believer, your progress down the path of righteousness your journey is going to be dependent child of god upon your understanding of the holy spirit you know i find in ministry and even in the church world i've been around a long time one thing that i find is i find out that there are so many people that they know about god but they don't know how to get the holy spirit into their situation wherever they are at and to begin allowing the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do in their life. So when you see an immature believer, when you see a believer that has not really gotten past the basic elementary things of the faith, that is a good indication that they have not found a way to employ the Holy Spirit into their life. 
And so I want to minister to you tonight about the Holy Ghost. Now, like I said last week, you might be saying, well, Brother Palmer, you don't understand. I, uh, you know, I'm dealing with something that's very difficult. I have an addiction tonight. I might be sitting there, you might be sitting there tonight drinking. You might be sitting there, uh, you know, depressed, whatever it might be. Your answer is, of course, the anointing of God. Your answer is the power of God. You can be set free tonight. But listen, friend, I want you to be introduced to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's job, his task, as we're going to see in just a minute, is to locate you wherever you might be right now and to take you by the hand and drag you out of that mess and bring you into whatever Jesus Christ from his word said that you could be. That's the job of the Spirit of God. His job is to take you and turn you over to Jesus so that Jesus can turn you over to what he said that you could be inside of him. And so tonight I want to talk to you about the Spirit of God. First and foremost, we were talking about what the Holy Ghost is. I said last week that, number one, he's God. I told you that because he's God, he receives the same honor as God. There are a lot of different titles that are ascribed to the third person of the Trinity. But the one I want to talk to you tonight about, first off, is, in my opinion, one of the most important functions of the Holy Spirit, and that is what it says in John chapter 14 and verse 26. Jesus was talking, and he said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my authority, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever things that I have said unto you. The very first function of the Spirit I want to talk to you about is that the Spirit of God is your teacher. His desire, the moment that you get born again, is to literally take you and put you in the classroom of the Spirit and to begin to personally teach you, to begin to personally mentor you, and to begin to personally guide you along the journey of faith that you're now walking on. You know, I uh, am a teacher myself. I travel the country just about every weekend teaching and preaching the Word of God. And one thing that I find is that whenever I go someplace to teach, whether it be a classroom setting or a church setting, is that in order for me to allow myself to teach to the best of my ability, the one thing that I need is I have to have people that are sitting there that are willing to listen. When I find students that are hungry, when I find people that are willing to listen, people that are willing to learn, people that are willing to give themselves to what I have to say, it pulls the teaching out of me. Every ounce of me wants to just take everything that's in me and pour it right into them. And the Holy Spirit is no different. If there is a hunger in your heart tonight to learn, if there's a desire in you to want to know more about God, you are the perfect candidate to receive from the Holy Spirit. He'll find you where you're at, and he'll begin to teach you the truths of the Word of God. He'll find you where you're at. He'll locate you and begin to open up the Word of God. See, the thing, friend, that is the biggest disadvantage that we have as believers is that when you get born into the kingdom of God and you are starting your progress, you're given the Bible. And don't be religious tonight and say, well, the Bible, I understand the Bible completely. No, you don't. You don't understand the whole Bible. People that have gone to Bible school don't understand the whole Bible. There is a lot in that. And even if you were to study theology and to give yourself over to a, a careful 
reading of Scripture, there would be a lot that you would miss. Pick any book of the Bible and read it once. And it's safe to say there's going to be things in there that you overlook, things that you don't catch. There could be even things that you mess up. The Holy Spirit's job is to come alongside you and to begin to give you the decoder to decode that word so that it's not just a historical document, so that it's not just some type of uh, you know work that was written by men, but that it becomes a living testimony of Jesus so that the Word of God becomes more than just words written on the pages, but that the Spirit of God starts extracting to you and extracting out the revelation and inspiration that he put inside of every word. You look at the Bible, and you'll notice that the Bible is made up of words just like any other book. Shakespeare is made up of words. You'll find that anything that the founding fathers of America wrote were made up of words. The Constitution is made up of words. The Bill of Rights is made up of words. You look at other things, the dictionary, made up of words. And so is the Bible. So how is the Bible different from any other book that's made up of words? Well, the Bible, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it is God-breathed. It was inspired. And so what that means is that those simple words that man uses, God took those words and began to breathe into those the breath of life. And so every single word that is in the Bible is pregnant with the breath of God. And so what the believer's job to do is when he's reading the Bible is to literally grab those words and begin to suck out the inspiration that's in there. And I, when I say inspiration, I mean the mind of God behind every single word. And there's no way that a believer can do that without the help of the Holy Spirit as the teacher. And you also understand the thing about words is, is that human beings, they don't think in words. They think in pictures. And so the Bible, the thing about the Bible that's significant is that even though it's a collection of words, those words serve as tools to throw and cast a picture in your mind. If I say to you the word uh, bear, what did you just think of? Did you see a word that said B-E-A-R? No, you didn't. You thought of maybe a grizzly bear. Maybe you thought of a polar bear. Maybe you thought of the woods. Maybe you thought of, you know, being without clothes, B-A-R-E. I don't know. There's a lot of different definitions of the word bear. I just said bear. But what you didn't see was a word with letters. What you saw was a picture. Well, that's how the Word of God is. When you hear the Word of God... When the Word of God is illuminated to you, you see pictures. So when you're reading about Jesus, you should see a picture of Jesus. When you're reading about the Apostle Paul or King David, or when you're reading about King Solomon or Adam or Abraham, you should see a picture. Well, the Holy Spirit knows this. He sees how we're created. So what he does as the great master teacher is he comes alongside of you and he begins to give you supernatural help to understand the word of God. This is his role as teacher to begin to teach to you from the word. And when he does that, what he'll do, friend, is he'll build inside of you such a magnificent and marvelous image of the word of God. Every time you go into a place to worship, every time you go into a place to pray, you'll bear down on that image You'll begin to see what the Spirit of God has built into you. Your faith will go to the next level, and nothing will be impossible. You know, I remember when I started my ministry, 
the Spirit of God told me. He said, your job, your task, what I am telling you to do for the rest of your ministry is anybody that will sit and anybody that I send to sit under this ministry, your job is to teach people not to strike a dependency upon you, but to strike a dependency upon the Holy Ghost. Teach people to learn how to cooperate with my spirit. And when you do that, they'll be able to advance past the limitations that are now imposed upon you as a flesh creature. And when I mean by flesh creature, listen, I shared this last week. Every minister has limitations. Your favorite preacher has limitations. There are things that your preacher, he, that he or she does not know and will never know. But that means you cannot be dependent upon them because you might get everything. They might take you as far as they can take you. But if you learn how to trust and you learn how to throw yourself upon the Spirit of God, there is no limit to what the Holy Spirit can teach you. That does not mean that you don't need teachers. It just means that the purpose of teachers are to teach you how to cultivate your own relationship with the Holy Spirit and not make you dependent upon them. The next thing that the Spirit of God, uh, you will find is that the Spirit of God is called the Comforter. The Comforter is the Greek word paraclete, and that literally means that he is the helper. You know, understand that Jesus Christ loved you so much that when he left, he said, it's expedient that I go because if I go not the comforter, he cannot come. In other words, if Jesus didn't leave the earth, he could not send to us help. And I'm not going to get into tonight why Jesus had to leave the earth. Uh, but it boils down to essentially that the work of of Calvary and the resurrection had to be completed so that we could receive the adoption of sons and receive forgiveness of sins and peace with God which came through the work of Jesus. Now, when Jesus did that, when Jesus completed his work on Calvary and he ascended to heaven, we now who trust in him could receive a reborn human spirit. When we receive the life of God that comes through faith in the finished work of Jesus, we are now adopted into the family of God because of that we now have the ability to understand the things that are freely that are freely given to us by God so what now we need to realize is that as we are moving towards the things God has for us we need help because Jesus is not here anymore you can't make an appointment with Jesus he's not in Jerusalem he's in heaven at the right hand of the father but he didn't leave us without help, and he gave to us the Holy Spirit. And so when you go through life, when you're doing whatever you're doing tonight, you can understand that he is going to be the one that gives you strength. He is going to be the one that enables you to make lasting change in your life. I tell this to people all the time that are struggling with something. You know, I've seen so many Christians, so many believers struggling with a habit, uh, struggling with something that they know they shouldn't be doing, and they say, oh, Brother Palmer, I just is so tough. I cannot do it. I, I want to beat this thing. I want to beat this thing, and I just can't beat it. Or, you know, they'll get victory over it for a season, a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe a year. And then all of a sudden, they go right back into that thing. And what they should know by now is that whatever reason that is causing somebody to fail, it is not willpower that's going to bring them out of that thing. Willpower 
is a force that believers many times try to use to gain deliverance. And it's just not going to happen through willpower. You have got to have something stronger than your own will that is powering your deliverance. What has to be, the Bible says, well, let me read to you what it says in Romans 8.10. It says, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And here's what I want to read in the 13th verse. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So what the apostle Paul is talking about right here is that if you want to gain victory over the flesh, you cannot help yourself. Because eventually your flesh is going to call back upon those cigarettes and say, hey, cigarettes, I need to relieve some pressure right now. Come on, cigarettes, come over here and help me deal with my stress. And then all of a sudden you'll smoke and feel bad about it and say, oh, see, I can't get the victory over this thing. And God's saying, you can't help yourself. See, friend, listen, you've been redeemed. Your spirit is alive in Jesus, but there is a side of you that has not yet been redeemed. And that is your flesh. Yeah, well, Brother Palmer, we're complete in Christ. Yes, you're complete in Christ. I got that. But your flesh has not been redeemed yet. Christ made provision for it to be redeemed, but it has not yet undergone that process. Well, how can you prove that? Well, the Bible says that we, are, we yet await the resurrection of the dead. We are awaiting to put on our glorified bodies. That's the last half of Romans chapter 8. Then the reason why you cannot put on a glorified body right now is because you are still living in this earth to reconcile the world unto God. So you are going to have to bear with this body that wants to do the wrong thing many times. Now I've heard teachers preach on, we've got to crucify the flesh. We've got to crucify our flesh. We just better kill our flesh all the time. Well, good luck trying. Because unless the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and does that for you, you are not going to be able to keep it down very long. You have got to, friend, find a way to get the Spirit of God onto the scenes and let the Holy Spirit take a hold of that flesh and keep that thing under. You, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the flesh, and He has come alongside of you to grab a hold of you and help you and deliver you and keep you away from anything that your flesh might be desiring that's wrong and that's bad for you. That's the joint help of the Holy Ghost. So when people say, well, I just couldn't help myself. Yes, that is absolutely correct. You could not help yourself. But I have news for you. There was one that was much stronger that was standing by watching you do it the whole time that was teary-eyed saying, why don't you just let me get in there? Why don't you just put me in the game and allow me to take a hold of that thing? Because I know you can't help yourself, but if you employ me, I'll deliver you and I'll help you. And that is the joint work of the Holy Spirit as your helper and as your guide to lead you through this life. Also, as just and, and you know we're gonna we're gonna as we go and move on through this radio program, uh, these are things I teach all the time, and so I could say more about that, but I'm just giving you a basic understanding of what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Because listen, wherever you're at tonight. I want you to welcome the Holy Ghost into your life. I want you to welcome His help. I want you to welcome His ability. I want you to welcome what He can do for you in your situation. And But we'll continue to talk more about that as we progress. Actually, I have a book coming out. It'll be out in a few months. It's going to go through all of this and explain to you from square one 
when you become born again, all the I mean, what happens when you become born again, all the way up until you receive your glorified body and everything that happens in between. I'm going to give you principles and not just principles, revelation, knowledge to having a successful walk as a believer. I remember when I first started my journey as a Christian, I was dependent upon every teacher that came along. If there was a teacher teaching something new, I had to hear it. If there was somebody that was preaching something I hadn't heard before, I was going to obtain it and get a hold of it. And that's good to have that kind of zeal. I still have that kind of zeal. And I still have many teachers I admire and I listen to. But i got to tell you, I have not been to a conference in a long time that is able to beat out my personal time when I'm sitting there meditating the Word of God and the Spirit of God comes along with a giant key and unlocks a revelation for me and the power of God falls. And I'm, I, I, I'm, This happens to me all the time when I'm sitting in my bed and I'm meditating the Word of God and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and I'm just praying in the Spirit and med meditating the Word of God and all of a sudden the teacher gets in there with me and all of a sudden he says, here's what I've been trying to unlock to you for the last 13 times you've been reading this and boom, he unlocks a scripture. Maybe the fourth chapter of that book becomes unlocked and all of a sudden there stands a great pure truth i had never seen before the power of god falls and i'll have that for the rest of my life nothing can compare to that and i know the power in that and so usually when that happens it comes in the form of an image it comes in the form of a spontaneous flash that comes before your eyes and when you get that friend nobody could ever take it away from you when you get a revelation from the spirit of god nobody this side of heaven can come along and pry that thing out of your hands. And what you do is you'll take that into prayer. You'll take that into the next time you preach. You'll take that when you start testifying of Jesus. And you'll start to see how that revelation will go to work for you. And will draw people unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Another operation of the Spirit of God is that it is His job to draw, to, to draw people close to him it says this in john chapter 15 and i know some people that are listening they know what i'm talking about right now when you understand that even ministry is not your job it's your job to be a tool of ministry but it's the holy Spirit's job to actually do the ministry through you so when you're preaching next time or you're praying for somebody and people getting healed and delivered and saved and whatever it's not you doing it it's the holy ghost it says in john Chapter 16, excuse me. And when he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Then he says, of sin because they believe me not. Of righteousness because I go to my Father. And he says, of judgment because the prince of this world already stands condemned. Now, notice what the Holy Spirit does. Number one, it says that he reproves the world of sin. So first and foremost, it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. He's the one that will come alongside and start letting people know that what they're doing is wrong. Well, yes, Brother Palmer, but you don't go to my school. You don't understand. There's people there that sin all the time. They're not being convicted. I can guarantee you that if God is fair, and he is, that every person that you have ever passed in the hallways of your, uni your university has at some point or another felt convicted like they shouldn't be doing that. The Spirit of God tells people... He warns people. He lets people know it is not for you to be involved in this. And those people have 
free will to make a decision as to whether or not they want to respond or not. And if it's not enough for him, them, him to come along and convince them that what they're doing wrong is sin, it says that he reproves the world of righteousness. And his, he says something over here that most people, they don't understand what he means when Jesus says, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. What Jesus is saying is that he, the Holy Spirit, comes along and testifies that Jesus has gone to the Father, the work has already been complete, and the world now can enter into right standing with Almighty God. So what God does, if you receive him and the conviction that he's saying when he says, you shouldn't be doing that, that is sin, then all of a sudden you can say, well, what should I do? And then he comes along and starts pointing you towards righteousness and starts saying, guess what? This might be sin, and you might be stuck in this pit right now, but you can have right standing before Almighty God, Jesus has went to the Father. The work has been completed, and you now can have right standing with him. And that should excite you, that, wow, you mean the God of the universe, the, the Ancient of Days, the Almighty God wants to put me into right standing with him through the work of Jesus? Yes. So if you're there listening tonight, and you have done something wrong, and you feel that you just cannot make it, you feel like the devil just beating you over the head, you feel guilty, you feel ashamed, I got good news for you. He didn't just convict the world of sin. The Holy Spirit came along and says, okay, now you feel bad? Well, guess what? You can feel real good. Just get into righteousness with God. That's you tonight, friend. I want you to pray. I want you to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Set me free from the power of sin. Set me free from darkness. Set me free from addiction and habits. I want to be righteous. Put me in right standing with you. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead after he was crucified on a cross and died a bloody death. And I believe he ever lives for me that I may be in right standing with God. And I thank you I'm born again and saved. That's you. I want you to write in info at chrispalmerministries.com. I want you to let me know your testimony. I want to pray with you. I want to put some materials in your hands so that you can begin this journey as a born-again child of God. And notice what he does after that. It says that the Spirit of God reproves the world of judgment because the prince of this world is already judged. You know, I was at Arizona State University a couple weeks ago, and I admire anybody that wants to preach the Word of God. You know, preaching the Word of God is, uh, is what needs to be done. And so I don't put my Christian brothers and the sisters to the wind or criticize them for anything that they do and, or any attempt of ministry. It's just I don't do that. But I will say that, you know, there was a street preacher that was preaching, and I was listening to what he had to say on campus. And as he was preaching, there was people passing him that were probably Muslims and Buddhists, atheists, of course, at a university. There was probably gay and there was probably straight. There was probably, you know, there was men, there was women, there was young, there was old. There was all, everybody you can think of as at a university, transfer students, students that came from another country. Everybody has a different worldview. It's almost, if you, if you I went to a university, a way to school, but if you haven't done that or if you do and you haven't been there long, it can be overwhelming. Because nobody thinks the same. Well, he was up there preaching the word. And he was telling everybody, everybody's going to hell. You better turn. Everybody's going to hell. And uh, I thought to myself, that 
is not going to be very effective because a lot of people already know they're going to hell. The point I'm trying to make is that unless it is being done with the help of the Spirit, it's not going to be very effective. And you can toot your horn and spin your wheels as much as you want and think that you're laying up points. But the only thing that you are going to lay up points in heaven, well, first of all, you don't get points in heaven. But the only thing that's going to matter in effect when you get to heaven or have any type of consequence when you get to heaven is if you have obeyed the Holy Spirit and have done whatever he told you to do with his help. Because listen, the Holy Ghost and God, Jesus, the Godhead, if you will, they're not interested in attempts. They're interested in getting people delivered. They're interested in what works. They're interested in getting to the point. So if you start to do something and try and draw people to God without the help of the Holy Ghost, well, it's just going to be attempts, and you could be, and you will be wasting your time. But if you learn to participate with the Spirit of God, you'll begin to see a season of fruitful ministry. You'll begin to see a season of much fruit in your life. You'll begin to see a season of power and authority, all because you are now dependent upon the Spirit of God. That's His ministry, to help you do your ministry. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we will talk about more concerning the Spirit of God. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Before we get into our teaching, I want to remind you, that if you need prayer, you can email us at info at chrispalmerministries.com. If you are looking for uh, these pod, or excuse me, these broadcasts, they're on our podcast at uh, iTunes. You can go to Chris Pal- You could go to On the Road with Chris Palmer. So if you are looking to download these uh, these broadcasts, they're free on our podcast. It's found on iTunes. You just go to iTunes and type in On the Road with Chris Palmer, and you'll find these. Uh, uh, broadcast archive for free for your listening and enjoyment. They go all the way back to when we first started our show back there in November. Also, as an itinerant, I travel and preach the Word of God, and I occasionally will put sermons. If there's anything new or anything that I feel that I want people to hear again, uh, I'll put that on the uh, archives and the podcast as well. Also, we are a listener-supported broadcast. If you have any desire, if the Transforming Truth has touched your life or changed you or helped you, if you have any desire at all to, to be a blessing and partner with the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com and partner with us financially. Or you can write in at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390, and you can send your seed there. And we love you. We want to continue to be a blessing to you. And so we ask for your partnership. We ask for your financial blessings as well as your prayers as we continue to go forth in what God has called us to do. We're back talking about the Holy Ghost and his role. As we've talked about tonight, he's your helper, he's your teacher, he's the one that draws you and draws the hearts of men close to him. And above that, the Bible also calls him our communicator, our sanctifier, and he's also the one that sets us apart for the service of the kingdom of God. Now, What we have to realize in understanding the Spirit of God is we need to understand His function. 
understand the time period that we're living in. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8, How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? We are living in a dispensation right now where mankind is no longer under the law. I know people try and go back and keep the old Jewish laws, and I find it funny because those laws were given to Israel. They weren't given to Gentiles. They were given to the Jews. And more so than that, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And when you study the curse of the law, you'll find out that the curse of the law was the inability of mankind to keep the law because he had a nature that was separated from God. And when you got set free from that nature, guess what? Romans chapter 7 tells you that when... Two people are married and death occurs. That marriage vow is discontinued. It is canceled out. Well, guess what happened? When you came into Christ, that old nature died and you were separated from that old nature. Death carried out that ability for the law to have any jurisdiction over you because that spirit died and you are now separated from it. And now you have the right as a reborn human spirit to be married to another and that one you are now married to is your new nature inside of Christ Jesus and because you have that new nature you're married to Christ and the only thing that governs you right now is that new nature and what the Holy Spirit does and how he speaks to that new nature and what he leads it into so you don't have to go around keeping a whole bunch of Levitical priesthood laws and and this and that and keeping the Sabbath oh we got to keep the Sabbath you don't have to do any of that all you have to do is obey the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to your new nature. And the Bible says the great command, which is love, love one another and walk in love. That is the greatest commandment. And the commandment of love is not going to lead you astray. Because if you love someone, you're not going to kill them. If you love someone, you're not going to steal from them. If you love somebody, you're not going to try and covet what they have or sleep with their wife or do anything. When you walk in love. And the only way that you can walk in love is if you have that reborn nature that comes from believing and trusting in Jesus. Now, I'm not going to get into more of that. I'm saying that to say that this is the administration of the reborn spirit that we are now living in. Because of that, because it is now the administration of our reborn spirit that is to guide us, that is now more perfect, that means that we have the Holy Spirit's help. And cooperation. And so picture this now. You have this whole now dispensation of people that are trusted in Jesus. Joe, anybody comes to church, gets saved, he gets born again. He receives Jesus into his life. And that old nature dies. He's reconciled to God. He receives a brand new nature. And now that nature has everything inside of it to have a successful life as a believer. And this happens all over the world to millions and billions of people. So you have all these reborn human spirits now walking the earth. Who's going to govern them? Who's going to lead them? <laughs> Who's going to guide them and show them what to do? How are they going to go about and know how and where and what they're supposed to walk into? God sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Ghost as the earth's administrator, the governor to govern over everybody that's been born inside of Jesus, to show them how to fulfill the call of God over their life while they're in the earth. 
and how to reach the finish line just like the Apostle Paul did. And so the Holy Spirit is now the manager, an earthly administrator, and he has been brought along to be the governor of the kingdom of God. But what do you mean, Brother Palmer, the governor of the kingdom of God? Well, there's another kingdom on this earth if you haven't seen it or not. And that is the kingdom of God. Jesus came announcing the kingdom. He came preaching the kingdom. When Jesus arrived, he started talking about how he is a king from another country. We won't get into this whole study, but he did preach the kingdom. And that kingdom has arrived. And that kingdom has not left. The kingdom of God is here. Whether you see it or whether you don't see it, you have help. You have heavenly agents. You have ministering spirits that want to minister for you. And when you received Jesus, you were born into that kingdom and you became a citizen of that kingdom. And the Holy Spirit's job is the earthly administrator. And he has been brought along to help every citizen of this kingdom to serve his part. And so what the Spirit of God has done is he has given graces. Graces, G-R-A-C-E-S, graces, to every single person that has been born into this kingdom. Now, you say, well, what do you mean he's given graces? Don't we all have grace? Well, we're all under grace. Don't get me wrong. But these are special graces found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These graces, uh, let me read it to you what it says, actually, because this is something that people fail to understand. It says, now concerning spiritual graces, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. Oh, you mean spiritual gifts, Brother Palmer? Yes, but I'm calling them spiritual graces because I want you to understand that whatever the Holy Spirit does through us is a grace that doesn't belong to us. I remember one time I came back from a service that was very powerful. There were a lot of miracles. People were delivered. They were saved. Devils were being cast out of people. Uh... I mean, and there was, I mean, there was, there was instant miracles. All sorts of sicknesses and diseases were being healed right then and there. It wasn't miracles where they come back three days later and say they got their miracle on this. I mean, there was happening right then on the spot. And I walked out of the service, and the Lord spoke to me. And he gave me a flash in my heart. And I just, when I say he spoke to me, I've talked about this on my series, Hearing the Voice of God. Uh, at that I preached, I think that was back in, um, well, actually the series called The Flow of the Spirit. That was back in the wintertime. Uh, I just had an understanding. It wasn't, I didn't hear words, I just knew. I just, it, an understanding, it just dawned upon me that these, the, the gifts of healing and the demonstration of the Spirit, that doesn't belong to me. Those are His gifts that I was using. Almost like, you know, now I have my own vehicle, of course, but, when I was in high school and I wanted to go somewhere, I'd ask my dad to borrow his car. And of course, he would say, go ahead, here you, here you go. Just fill it up before you get back. Well, he let me borrow his car and I could drive it and use it to my le That's how God does when he gives you the gifts of the Spirit. They're his. They belong to his. And you're using them for the benefit of mankind. And so I want to talk about these gifts of the Spirit. There are 
nine gifts of the Spirit in total. It says in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You know, before I get into talking about the gifts, and we'll pick up next week talking about them, is when you begin to operate in the things of God, it's important to understand that as you arrive into maturity, you should be activated in the gifts of the Spirit. When I find believers that have been, been saved for years and years and years and still are tr- st- struggling to find their spiritual gift, the very first thing I ask is, what kind of church do they go to? Listen, the purpose of church is not to have fellowship and come around and talk about how the week went. The pur- purpose of having church is not to come together and sit there and gossip about people or to have a social club or to have somewhere to go on Friday nights and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. The purpose of church is to help you as a believer mature in the things of God. And in doing that, you should be going to church and you should become activated in the grace that God has elected you to have and operate in you know the churches that are really flowing with what god wants them to flow with when they go there if they have the gift of prophecy that god has marked and elected them for that gift should become activated if gifts of healing have been designated to somebody where they can have a strong gift of healing working in them that should become activated when they sit in church they should be activated in faith and activated in the working of miracles. They should be activated if God has a call on their life to be part of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.11. They should be activated in this thing. And when they leave, they should be able to operate in this grace. They go someplace, boom, gifts of healing start operating. They go someplace, boom, word of knowledge starts operating. And then that harnesses and brings that uh, brings that person that they ministered to the Lord and they can bring that person to church and that person get activated that's how a healthy body works but so long people have failed to see that it's the administration of the spirit being helped and cooperated with by the holy spirit and as a result people come to church and they say well church is a place where I go refuel I go refuel I go eat at church Every Sunday, that's where I go to eat my spiritual food. No, 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 no. They're looking at church like the pastor's supposed to provide the meal every single Sunday. This isn't that kind of a dinner. This is a potluck. You're supposed to bring your own dish. You're supposed to bring your own supply to the church to add it so that everybody can mutually benefit from what's working inside of your life. Not to go out there and say, well, what's pastor got for us this week? What's he got for us this week? You know, sometimes you might need to do that because, you know, things have just been tough and you've been going through. But thanks be unto God that always causes us to triumph. Your job is to get full of the Spirit, stay full of the Spirit. And if you want to eat, your job is eating spiritual food should be in the mornings or at night before you go to bed with you and the Holy Spirit. And that all comes all the way back to forming your own relationship to the Holy Ghost and forming your own relationship to the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. That is the point of walking with the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost gets upon you and you start operating that way, that's when a church begins to take off. A church is healthy not because it's big. 
a church is not healthy because it has a lot of members. It's not healthy because it has a lot going on. It's not even healthy because it has the most high-tech equipment. That's not important to God. What's important to God is that church is equipping people to step into the grace that they're supposed to walk in as a child of the living God. When God looks at churches, he examines the hearts of the believers that are sitting in the pew, and he's looking and saying, what kind of deposit are in these people's spirit? When God looks at pastors, the Bible says that we ought to treat our pastors with double honor. Bible says that we ought to be thankful for our pastor, that every pastor, according to Hebrews chapter 13, is going to give an account of themselves unto God for how their people developed. And that account is not going to be, did you give them Starbucks coffee on Sunday mornings? Did you bring in the nicest technology? Did you train believers how to, you know, be cool and wear the nicest clothes and try and attract? That's not what God's going to be concerned about. God's going to say to the pastor, what kind of deposit did you leave? in that person what kind of impartation did they receive from your life did you turn them into soul winners did you turn them into people that knew how to pray and get miracles did you instill boldness in your people when your people walked out did they have the fire of god in their life when you walked out were they full of power and faith and expectation did they know how to pray and bring down the spiritual strongholds of the enemy that are in the city or were they just preston milk toast believers that just really didn't know how to pray, but they knew how to have good church. You want, if you're a pastor listening tonight, you want to be able to have members that when somebody says to one of your members, I'm sick, that member grabs them by the hand, lays their hand on their head, and says, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of sickness. I command this sickness to loose its hold in the name of Jesus. Break. Leave. In Jesus' name, you want to see the fire of God. When I go places to preach, I'm not pastoring. But when I go places to preach and I help the pastor, or there's been times where I've been places longer than, you know, a while where I, you know, or, or I go back to places and I see the same people again, you know, my job, that, my job, my desire, or even people I, I disciple personally one-on-one. For me, my job is, they need, I need to see the fire of God in those people. I need to see what, what am I producing. When I come, do I come and then leave and those people not, not be changed? Are they left unchanged? Or when I come, do I leave a residue of what's working in my life on their life? When I come and the presence of God and the glory of God shows up, when I walk out, is there a residue? Is there a strong anointing? Did I leave something upon their life? And that is the question. That is the grace that's on my life, I want it to leave a residue on their life, and I want them to get infected with something so they in turn can go affect somebody else with something. Praise the Lord. So that is part of the administration of the Spirit, is cooperating with the Holy Ghost as He builds something in us so that we can minister it to other people. Next week we're going to be talking more about the administration of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about how to literally get involved with the Holy Ghost. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts next week. How you can begin to function, operate in your spiritual gift. It's going to be a great show. So I want to remind you that next week we'll be back here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast at 12 
15 a.m. Don't miss it. Let me pray for you. If you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need a touch from God, I want you to join with me in faith tonight as I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every listener. Even now as I pray, Father, I feel your power. Even now as I pray, Father, I feel your glory. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of every spirit of sickness or disease or depression off every person's life listening tonight in the name of Jesus. I declare your power. If someone's driving tonight, you're driving in your car, you're a Muslim, you've heard about Jesus, I want you to, you, as a matter of fact, tonight, a friend was telling you about Jesus. And I'm telling you tonight, he is the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you now, friend. I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And I just want to prophesy and tell you, friend, that you will not regret it. You'll come into the truth that you're looking for. Father, I pray for every other person listening. I just pray your blessing upon them. I release your power. I pray they have experience with, experiences with you and encounters with your presence and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, friend. We will see you next week, 12, 15 a.m. God bless you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.